Welcome, and thanks for joining us at the Central Baptist Church Victoria podcast. This episode is part of a three-week series called All In. This collection of shorter messages explores issues like Christian identity in Jesus, the believer's relationship to others in the church, and the Christian calling to be a witness for Jesus in the world. And now, here's today's message. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 to 27. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unrepresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. This is the word of the Lord. Well, hi, Central. Uh, my name is Phil Horton, and I... <laughs> Some of you might be a little surprised that I'm standing here after what I said last week, telling you that uh, Phil would be bringing our second message. Uh, well, what I didn't know at the time is that Phil would uh, contract our, our beloved COVID uh, this week. And so he has been uh, making his way through it. So Phil, we're, we love you, praying for you. Uh, and, uh, and we look forward to when he's back. In fact, I'm going to be making a motion uh, at our board meeting that from now on, Phil is only able to leave his house in a full hazmat suit uh, because we need him around here. Um, no, that's... Uh, so we are in the midst of having trouble with my computer here all of a sudden, but uh, we'll get there. Oh, here we go. There it is. We're good. We're in the midst of our, if you hadn't noticed yet, if you're new here, we are in the midst of kind of our kickoff month, right? Of, uh, of ministry. 
we are, uh, we're doing so, we're, we're trying to be a little excited, a little aggressive about maybe uh, implementing our ministries again, but we just got the sense that this is how, this is the direction that the Lord was leading, and so there's plenty of opportunity for you, for all of us, to find out more. This is great, especially if you're new here, right, to be able to find out information right at the very beginning. How do I, you know, how do I discover areas about um, youth ministry, children's ministry? You've got some faces now to, uh, to help you through that. So when I, when I heard that, uh, that Phil had COVID and that uh, we, would be, we would need to make um, an adjustment to our preaching schedule, normally that's, that's relatively easy. You know, early in the week, we were hoping and praying that Phil would, would be able to manage this and, and he'd still be able to preach. But uh, as one day led to another, we realized this wasn't going to happen. And so normally it would be pretty easy, right? He'd come next door or send an email and I'd be in my office and just, you know, ready to go, ready to jump in. The problem was uh, this week I was away and uh, I was, I had the privilege of marrying my nephew in Southern Alberta. And so we had all that excitement around uh, that. Then I learned about this. And, uh, and so M- Michelle, my wife and I left 1.30 yesterday morning uh, to drive back to Calgary so we could catch a, a flight here and be good to go uh, for, for Sunday. Furthermore, there's more to the story, in fact, uh, because we also learned that Tom Drinkwater also has, has COVID. And so uh, we asked, we looked for, prayed about, you know, who could step in for Tom. And now Caitlin Myers is uh, doing what I'm doing. So she's Tom, I'm Phil, and we're filling in for, uh, in, in, in ministry, but we're looking forward to it. So we're grateful for all the leaders around us who are so willing and eager to, to step into ministry needs. So we're just going to kind of continue to, th- to, to uh, declare and invite people to be all in. This is, the, this is the theme. This is the theme of our series here for th- these three weeks, all in. And as I said last week, it, it kind of sounds maybe a little, uh, um, a, a little overwhelming. Uh, and, and so it, it's meant to be a little bit, but it's also, it's also, um, meant to be taken in context, right? So to be all in. The foundation for our faith is that we are, as, as, I, as I explained last week, we are in Christ. And, and as I tried to explain last week, when Christ invited his first disciples, he didn't say, um, Peter and Andrew, hey, uh, if, you got some, if you got five minutes you know, in your week, if you got a few minutes here and there, come and, and, and follow me. He, he didn't say, um, in his invitation, Jesus didn't say, you know, to follow me really only means you give up a couple hours of your week on a Sunday morning, right? That's, that's all it takes, right? No, when Jesus invited people to follow him, when Jesus invited, invites us to follow him, he asks us by his invitation to be all in. All in behind him as he leads us, not just on a Sunday morning, not just for a few minutes here and there, but throughout our entire life. In our work, in our play, in our rest, we follow Jesus. So that really, this series, the, the, the title for this series is, is not our fault, it's, it's Christ's. He's the one that, through whom he invites us into this relationship with our creator, and that begins the, sort of this all-in call. Then today, what we're going to discuss a little bit, uh, not, not really discuss, it's just going to be me talking like usual, but 
Well, you're going to be listening, so we can discuss after, I'd love to, but uh, at least for these few minutes here. Uh, we're going to think about, consider being all in the body and what that looks like, right? If Christ asked for all of us to follow him, and then we talk about the church, and we, we hear the same thing resonating throughout the invitation to be part of the church, that it requires us to be all in. And the next week, we're going to take that last step and say that, that through this, this invitation by Christ, through the work of the Spirit that gathers us all in together, then we can be all in as a, as a body, as a church, to be on mission, on the Father's mission to declare the kingdom of God. Every step along the way, we are invited to be all in. Now, remember what, don't do, remember what this isn't. When I say all in, this isn't, what, what you can't hear is in it all, right? So it doesn't mean after the service you have to go to every table, that you have to sign up for everything, that you have to be here every time the church's doors are open, you have to be involved in everything. That's not what it is. As, as you'll hear today, it, God has prepared each of us for, to play one part, I'll talk more about that. I could go on right now, but I'm going to hold back on, on that. Th so, so don't hear, don't, don't let, this is where it can't be daunting. This is not an invitation to be in everything. But to, to follow Jesus, by following Jesus, you'll have access to the Holy Spirit who will guide and, and direct each of us and who has prepared a place for each of us, to, uh, a part to play for each of us in, in his body. And then together we can go and declare that message into the world. So as I said, today we are going to spend some, a few minutes considering number two in our series. All in the body. The body, if you're unfamiliar with this, is a metaphor that especially the Apostle Paul uses for this group of people right here. And there, and there. Not, not the building, it's not what we're talking about, not the physical structure, though it's helpful, but the people. It's a metaphor for the people, us, the Christian church. I think it's a very, very helpful meta metaphor. Remember, a metaphor is a way of explaining something that appeals, or, uh, that appeals to something that is usually quite familiar when helping us to understand something that's less familiar. So we've got this kind of mystical and mysterious notion of the church. And Paul makes reference to it, as you heard Jill read just, just now, to the body, to our body. And that's why this is so helpful, because we all know what it's like to have a body. So for Paul to explain that the church is like the body is helpful because it's familiar to us. Some of us, uh, we know how productive we can be when our body is functioning well. Some of us also know the feeling of uselessness when our body fails. We know how wondrous our body is, but we also know how vulnerable our body can be. We know why we need different body parts to accomplish different tasks, and we know how valuable each and every body part is in accomplishing the whole task of being present in the world. The Christian church, though, can be confusing at times because it emits other characteristics. Sometimes it, it appears kind of like a social club, right? There are meetings, 
regular schedules, fundraising, membership, structured leadership. It can also look like an educational institution, right? There are classes for different age groups and there are regular parts of Sunday morning meetings that sound like lectures. It can look like a political organization, right? Some of the, the decisions are based on votes and part of some of the hiring looks and sounds like a political campaign. The church can also look kind of like a social program, right? We have people who meet regularly to collect food and hand it out to those in need. The church does function in those ways, but it's not the best way to understand it. The church is not best understood as a social club, political party, school, or society of any kind. As the Apostle Paul tells us, the body that is best understood, or sorry, the church is best understood like a body, like our body. So for a few minutes, let's look at one of the, the most important biblical ways of understanding the church as a body. To do this, we'll just look at some of the, just a couple of the, the, the main flow of 2 Corinthians chapter 12, the passage, again, that Jill just read for us. I'm going to just really look at two pieces to this. I'm going to, I'm going to uh, invite us to consider just how it was as people started to experience the, the gifting and the activity and the work of the Holy Spirit and how confusing that was at the beginning and how Paul needed to come alongside and encourage people and teach and explain what was happening. Um, and then how to, how to leverage that, how to step in line for that, with that properly so that the body can be healthy. The interaction between Paul and the church at Corinth is incredibly fascinating. We have two letters left from likely more than five exchanges of correspondence based on at least 10 personal meetings. In fact, even after Paul's death, Corinth continued to be an important center of the Christian faith. Clement, a bishop of Rome, would also write a letter to the Corinthian believers, but his letter was made up of 65 chapters. Corinth was still having problems, still having issues, which I don't know about you, but gives, gives me a, um, a source of, of relief, right? And anytime I'm th- getting overwhelmed or, or thinking about the various challenges that whatever church I'm a part of, whether it's central or, or whatever other churches is facing, I go, oh, it's okay. Because look at Corinth, Right? I mean, they had the Apostle Paul, so we, we're okay. Jesus is going to build his church. So, people, uh, people were expressing uh, life and faith unlike anything they experienced before. People were speaking in other languages in Corinth. People were being healed. People were under the conviction to engage in activities like leading, teaching, helping others, and telling others about Christ. This was all happening right at the beginning of life at Corinth. And Paul was trying to explain this is proper. This is, what, uh, this is how God meant it to be. So the first thing he needed to do was just help to to come to terms with the work of the Holy Spirit. Those of you who are perceptive will realize, you know, these three messages in this series corresponds to our belief in the triune God. The first one is that we're all in Christ. The second one, we're in the body because of the, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Third is we're on mission because this is the Father's mission. And so here Paul just needs to help them to come to terms with the work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and this has been promised, Paul, uh, though he doesn't, uh, he doesn't uh, explicitly say this, he refers to this implicitly. This, the role of the Holy Spirit, the activity of the Holy Spirit is something that had been promised or someone that had been promised for a long time. 
in the Hebrew scriptures written hundreds of years before Christ, God promised that he would send his spirit to indwell people. Those of you know, in Joel chapter 2, we've got these words where God says, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men will see visions. Even on the male and female slaves in those days, I will pour out my spirit. Then on that day that we now know as, or we, we, um, we think of, we call the day of Pentecost, it started. And Peter recognized that. In Acts chapter 2, we've got this record of Peter's comments saying, look at what's happening. This is exactly what Joel told us would happen. And so in light of all of this, Paul then comes and addresses this, the situation at Corinth. Because the Corinthians were kind of running around kind of crazy. They're saying, what's all this happening? You know, the people are, like I said, speaking in tongues and there's healing and, and there's all this kind of freedom in the message of, of the gospel. But how do we rein it all in? How do we live this out? And so Paul helps to direct them. So the, the uh, first thing Paul is, does at the beginning of this, this passage... Uh, in verses 1 to 11, is that you need to discern that all of this is a result of the work of the Holy Spirit. This is spiritual. This is part of God's promise. This was meant to happen this way. So how did they recognize the Spirit's work? In those very things. There's an external way and there's an internal way. The external way is, well, there's all this activity outward, right? There's all this ministering, we call it, right? The service to one another in a whole variety of ways. You can read about these different ways and not only in 1 Corinthians 12, but in Romans 12, Ephesians 4, 1 Peter 4, there's these kind of lists of gifts, Ways that which we serve external. And there was this move by the Holy Spirit, this, this, this move that was, that was um, uh, encouraging that, that was inspiring that. But in, di- in addition to this sort of the external works or the external effects, there was these internal effects. That people were starting to desire to gather together. People were being attracted to talking about the gospel, of, uh, to meeting together, to worshiping Uh, Jesus together, to singing, to praying through Psalms, to praying for one another. All of this was internal, the internal work in the Holy Spirit to get us into a place or get them at that point into a place where we are useful because the whole point is to be together, right? This is the whole point of the body metaphor is that it functions so much better when it's together, right? When we're unified, But this is the work of the Holy Spirit. This is internal, right? So Paul is helping them to discern this. This is okay. This is natural. So I can can extrapolate that a little bit to say sometimes we get frustrated. Sometimes we're in a church community and we feel kind of a frustration. Things aren't happening the way they should. And so maybe we, we are moved to complain or moved to offer our insight or something like that. For the most part, that's a good sign, This is all part of the body working together. It's like, you know, you're walking along and you stub your toe or you get a sliver or something like that, something little, and it affects the whole body, right? There's something wrong. We got to deal with this. Watch out for the corner of that table. You know, watch out for that rough piece of wood or something, right? So all of this is important. Those are good signs. And so we need to be in communication together. This is all part of the God's spirit working us and gathering us in community. There's, a, there's some great biblical words, great Greek words that, uh, in addition to the body, body that, that's used in scripture that helps us to see that. In fact, the main word that it's used 
is this word, you've heard this before, is ecclesia, right? This idea of being called or gathered together. This wasn't a, it didn't, um, it wasn't generated because of the Christian church, but the Christian church borrowed this because there was this in Greek culture, this idea of this gathering where people would gather together on purpose, intentionally to make decisions for the society, for the, for the culture. This is the idea of the church. We gather together. So Sundays or in, 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 at other points of the week as well, we gather together on purpose to listen to the Holy Spirit, to follow him, to make sure that he's if he's convicting us of things, if he's helping us change our directions because we're not quite following Jesus properly, or, uh, and, and by not following Jesus properly, then we're off mission, and we don't want to be as a church off mission. So this idea of being called together, you see this word in 1 Corinthians 12, 28. But in addition to that, in another passage in 1 Corinthians, we have this word kyriakos, which is the foundation, I think, for the word kirk, which has become our word church. That just means of the Lord's. So in 1 Corinthians 11, Paul uses this word to say the Lord's Supper. This is the Lord's. We are the Lord's community. And then finally, in 1 Corinthians, another one that is used uh, in chapter 1 is this idea of koinonia. Another great Greek word. It's fellowship. It's interaction. It's sharing things together. When people are hurt, it's coming alongside them. When people are rejoicing, it's rejoicing with them. We're in this together. And then, of course, the body, which is our text. This was all part of God's great plan. This was Paul's first uh, instruction to the, to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Then he spends the rest of the chapter from verses 12 to 31, the, the main part of what Jill read to us describing a gifted, the gifted community, the spiritual-led, the spirit-led gifted community, right? First of all, the nature of this gifted community is that it's spiritually unified. In verses 12 and 13, we see this, right? We're being in Christ, right? There it is. Everything is established by being in Christ. Uh, that is the basis. It's not a political basis or organizational basis. It's a spiritual basis. We start because we are in Christ together. And that's what unifies us. So, so the, the gifted community is first and, foremost, first and foremost spiritually unified. Then it is intentionally diverse. This is beautiful, the way that Paul kind of um, explains this in the text, right? Different gifting for different purposes, but none more important than the other. That's important for us to understand, right? It's so easy. Sometimes I think we, we sort of shoot ourselves in the foot if I can use that illustration, if I can use that a figure of speech. And then it seems like the church is all about the Sunday morning who's up front. Those are the gifted people. And the church has, in the history of the church, the church has made that mistake. But we cannot make this mistake. We cannot just have people sitting here or sitting there and thinking, okay, let, let, let just those kind of the professional, the pastors do everything. Our job is to encourage you, to encourage everyone who's part of the body to do your part. Whenever I have an opportunity to come along someone over the long period of time and disciple them, this is an emphasis I drive home. I take it personally, actually, to be frank. When people think that all they need to do is sit on a Sunday and listen. 
Because when you're not using your gifts, I suffer, right? If all of a sudden the foot or the hand or, or some body part just refused to stop working, the rest of the body suffers because of it. We can't function properly. And so no matter what I do, no matter how much I grow, I can't experience all that God has in store for us if each of us is not doing what we're made to do. And so this is the diversity that Paul is teaching. All of us are gifted, but we're gifted in diverse ways. And so this is where it's so important that we as a church provide ways to help people discover this by providing opportunities, by providing training. And we want to do that. We want to do that better. But it starts with you, uh, each of us, before God saying, what do I do? What can I do? No matter who you are, this is not just for young or old. This is not just for experienced or inexperienced. This is, this is all of us coming and asking God, what can I do here and now with, the, with the, um, the gifting and the resources that you've given me for the sake of the body so that the body can be healthy? We have different gifting for different needs. And let me stress that we have needs right? You're gifted on purpose to meet a need. And, and if you're not using your gift, if, if each of us is not using our gift, the need's not getting met. And so the need will continue to be there and will continue to suffer. Again, Paul's beautiful ex- explanation of the body as, the, as a, a running metaphor for the church is also not hierarchical. It's not top down. It's we're all the same, in, in helping to meet needs. We are following Jesus Christ. He is the head. And we are following him. And we also need to keep his mind in style, right? Jesus taught us what it is to live well, to be a good leader, right? And to be a good leader is what? To serve others. It's not to impose rules on others, but to serve. How best can we serve? But the body parts need to be functioning to meet needs. So, what does it mean to be in the body? To be all in, in the body? First of all, I just have four last things to say. First is this. We need to step in line behind Jesus. We have to start there. Even though, if if you missed last week's message, I encourage you to get more detail. Go and listen to the podcast from last week. That's the first step. Otherwise, we're just pretending. If we're not leading, if we're not following Jesus, if we're not in line with Jesus at his invitation, then we're just pretending. So the first step is to get in line behind Jesus. Participating in Christ. And then through our participation in Christ, we are going to encounter the Holy Spirit in our lives. And then as we are encountering the Holy Spirit, we are then being transformed by the Father through his mission. First is step in line behind Christ. Second is this. Those of us who are in Christ, who are in line, need to respond to the work of the Holy Spirit. We are being drawn into community, right? We are being drawn, and this community, we're learning, we're being stretched by the challenges that we are facing through COVID and and related issues, that maybe our community is is beyond just physical presence, but maybe we can develop a church that has different, uh, different ways of being together. But we are being drawn together. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. 
That is what happens when we are committed to following Jesus. So we gather together for worship and prayer, communal sharing, instruction, and reflection on that instruction and life. The material for this body is us, like I said before. Not the buildings, the buildings are helpful. But the material is you and I. That's the structure, that's what God is building. That's what the Holy Spirit is doing, building us together for his purposes. And you and I are specifically gifted to help and support that community. And so we need to discover. So step in line behind Christ, respond to the work of the Holy Spirit. And third, the body grows or the body becomes more healthy or functions best when all parts are active. So this is where these three weeks, last week and then this week and next week are great for that. It gives you kind of a, uh, it, it, it's sort of like a catalyst potentially for that. So go and discover, go talk to people, go, go uh, get some information about ministries and see how, how the Holy Spirit is provoking you. Is he, is he pointing you in, in certain directions? Is he asking you to do certain things? Listen to him, but discover. Because we need to be active. As one scholar writes, Anthony Thistleton writes, everything rests in terms of the church and the health of the church. Everything rests on mutual dependency and the lack of self-sufficiency. In other words, not one of us can do it by ourselves. That's not how we're made. Not one of us. We need each other to be healthy and to grow. In two weeks, who's in, he's in the house right now, Tom Callan's going to actually dig deeper into this and help us discover more ways to be a healthy church. So look forward to that. We'll properly welcome Tom officially at another time, but uh, anyway, I just couldn't help but bring that to your attention. But similar, listen to this, similar as we conclude to the invitation Jesus gave, the nature of the church is also extensive. This is not... A healthy body is not just meant to be something that we add if we have time. So this is where I think some of us as Christians get frustrated. Because we're trying to do this piecemeal. We're trying to, we're trying to say, God, okay, 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 spirit, I can, I can sense that you're, you're moving, you're working in my life. But, but well, hold on, hold on, hold on. I've got to take care of this first. Right? I've got all these responsibilities at work. Or I've got all this, all this homework to do. Or I've got all this, you know... If we try to do this piecemeal with the Spirit, this is when we get frustrated. The same thing with following Christ, right? If we say, Christ, yeah, I want to follow you. I want to believe in you. I, I, I want to give my life to you, but, but only this bit. Or, or hold on, just wait for a little bit. That's when we get frustrated. That's when we can get, um, we can feel like God's not listening to us or, or, or uh, uh, get discouraged, if we try to ignore or try to counteract either the spirits drawing together or gifting for service, we damage ourselves and our relationship with God potentially. That's why I want you to take steps to be all in, in this body. Remember, again, it doesn't mean to be in it all, but to be in your place. Let's find our place. And then as a bit of a teaser for next week, the body acts based on the mission of Christ, right? So the four things, step behind Christ, respond to the work of the spirit, uh, uh, be active, be an active member of the body. And then the, the final thing, which we'll explore more next week, is the body acts healthy or is healthy uh, based on the mission of Christ. 
The purpose of our body is not meant to remain internal. We need to strengthen our parts of the body. But just like our lives, our existence is not meant to just be staring at a mirror of ourselves. Right? It's meant to be out, to be productive. And that's the same with the church. And that's where the mission of God comes in. As, a, as another scholar explained, Paul Avis, he says, he writes this, the mission of the church is essential. It's the essential work of the church. And indeed, it's raison d'etre. In one sense, mission is greater than the church because it arises from the missio dei, the Latin term for the mission of God. And therefore springs from God's eternal being and purpose. So not only do we step in line with Jesus first, not only do we step in line with the work of the Spirit, but we step in line with the mission of God. And so we'll talk more about that next week. Would you pray with me? As we pray, I'm going to invite our music team forward who will prepare to lead our final song together. Let's pray. Father, this is a great looking body, if I can say that. We've got so much potential. God, you've put us in an incredible place. You've given us incredible property when, 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 it, when, you, when we think about Victoria and the potential for declaring and reflecting the glory of, of Jesus here. So Father, help us to turn that potential into actual. As we follow Jesus, as we respond to the work of your spirit, and as we stay faithful to your mission, in Jesus' name, amen. If you were encouraged by today's message, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. To experience other talks, videos, and gatherings, visit us at centralbaptistchurch.ca. Thanks for listening to the Central Baptist Podcast.